In the grand symphony of human consciousness, there are those rare individuals whose voices ring out like a bell in a silent church. Today, we center our thoughts on one such individual, a prophetic voice that echoed far beyond his humble beginnings. He dared to wield his words like a sword cutting through the veil of ignorance and apathy, illuminating the dark corners of the human heart. We stand on the precipice of discovery, not of a forgotten relic, but a shining gem of history's treasure. James Baldwin. In today's mini episode of the Humanity Archive podcast, I'm going to share some insights from one of the most important books in American literature, The Fire Next Time. So welcome to the Humanity Archive podcast. I am your gracious host, Jermaine Fowler. And today I have a story from history that you might have never heard before. But even if you have, you've never heard it in the way that I'm going to tell it. This is a discussion on James Baldwin's The Fire Next Time. Now let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Humanity Archive Book Club. Interestingly, this podcast episode is inspired by our May Book Club pick, which was none other than James Baldwin's The Fire Next Time. And then we're reading an indigenous people's history of the United States now. And we meet monthly over on Zoom for now. But here soon, everything will be housed on Patreon uh, where you can go into Patreon and Watch the live streams there right within that platform. But if you want to sign up to learn with me live, wherever that happens to be, but it's all going to go through Patreon. So that's patreon.com backslash the humanity archive. And this book club is a vibrant community of avid readers and critical thinkers who come together every month to explore and dissect a chosen book. We focus on works that spark thoughtful conversation and provide a window into important cultural, social, and historical issues. Through these literary explorations, we strive to gain a deeper understanding of the human experience and how we can collectively build a more compassionate and equitable world. Now, we are about to meander through the intricate pathways of Baldwin's life and work. And as we delve deeper into his universe, I invite you to join us to question, to contemplate and to reframe your understanding of what it means to be an American, a human, a spirit of this world. James Baldwin, a name perhaps not as famous as some, but a man whose influence is deeply rooted in the fabric of American literature and thought was not just a writer, but a philosopher of the human condition, a social critic, a truth seeker, born in 1924 in Harlem, New York. In the belly of the beast that was the Great Depression, Baldwin faced 
trials and tribulations that would have shattered lesser spirits. But from those hardships, he drew strength. A voracious reader, Baldwin discovered his love for literature early on. He wrote his first novel, Go Tell It on the Mountain, at the young age of 29 years old, a semi-autobiographical masterpiece chronicling the struggles of a young black boy in Harlem, reflective of Baldwin's own experiences. And did you know that James Baldwin had the longest FBI file of any black artist of the civil rights era? His file was nearly 1900 pages. He wasn't just a writer. He was literally marching, speaking, debating, and was a civil rights activist in every sense of the word. Another fact is that since many of his novels dealt with homosexuality, J. Edgar Hoover fought to get his books banned at one point under an obscene materials legal action. Now, to really get into Baldwin, I want to talk for a minute about this concept and idea of parisia, an ancient Greek term signifying boldness of speech, the audacity to articulate truth even when confronted with peril. It does not merely encompass the freedom to speak, but indeed an obligation, a moral responsibility to vocalize the truth for the greater good. Parisia involves risking one's social standing, one's livelihood, and even one's life to unmask the formidable truths about power structures like institutionalized racism and white supremacy. So again, consider Baldwin the epitome of Parisia. In our modern context, Baldwin didn't just practice free speech. He embraced the moral obligation of Parisia, utilizing his words as powerful tools to shed light on the truth of racial oppression. His candid language placed him at personal risk, both physically and professionally, yet he remained undeterred. I want you to consider Baldwin's fearless audacity in confronting the intimidating structures of white supremacy and racism in America. Think about the risk he took to simply express himself to expose the systemic evils that lay deeply embedded in American society during his time. And I would say of our time too, his courage to speak, to shout, to testify against the brutal structures of power exemplifies the essence of Parisia. Baldwin wielded Parisia not just as a rhetorical device, but as a form of resistance, a way of life. He embodied the spirit of Parisia, candidly critiquing the American status quo and daring to illuminate the ugly truths that many preferred to ignore. That was Baldwin's life. His willingness to risk his reputation, his security, even his life to speak the truth about race and power is a testament to his indomitable spirit and unwavering commitment to justice. A lot of people don't know that James Baldwin was barred from even speaking entirely at the March on Washington in 1963 because he spoke so much truth to power. The more conservative organizers of the civil rights movement thought his remarks at the March on Washington would be too inflammatory. And so let's just briefly talk about the fire next time, which again, we read for our book club. And this is a seminal work, perhaps Baldwin's most well-known. And it was as much as a window into America's soul as it was a mirror reflecting our society's rocky relationship with race and identity. And this is a book that shook the nation to its core, laid bare the systemic injustices that lay at the heart of the American dream. Bowen asked that question, do I really want to be integrated into a burning house? Because again, we're talking about Jim Crow and desegregation here. And so he forced his readers to face the harrowing realities of their world. When you read The Fire next time, it invites you to share in the profound wisdom that Baldwin 
bestows on us. It invites you to question, to challenge, to grow, for isn't that the true essence of Baldwin's legacy? I think so. To keep questioning, to keep growing. And as we traverse this enlightening journey, remember in the words of Baldwin, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Now, many might not know this, but the fire next time itself is drawn from an old spiritual song. Says God gave Noah the rainbow sign, no more water, but the fire next time. So Baldwin then appropriates this biblical metaphor to articulate his vision of America's future. It's a stark warning. He's saying if we fail to break the cycle of hate, if we neglect to acknowledge our collective humanity, we risk being consumed by the fire next time, the fire of our own making. Just as the biblical warning was the divine punishment for mankind's sins, Baldwin's prophetic fire symbolizes a cataclysmic consequence of our societal wrongdoings, our failure to dismantle systems of racial oppression, and our refusal to acknowledge the full humanity of all citizens, especially black people. But let's be clear, Baldwin's prophecy is not devoid of hope. The biblical flood was followed by the what? The promise of the rainbow and the covenant of God's enduring love for humanity. So see how he plays around with that metaphor there. Likewise, Baldwin believes that we, too, can avert the fire next time, but only if we dare to confront the truths of our past, only if we have the courage to dismantle the systems of oppression and only if we commit to a shared vision of society rooted in love, empathy and mutual respect. And so I urge you, dear listener, to pay close attention to Baldwin's warning. It's more than a foreboding prophecy. It's an urgent call for change. It's a plea for introspection and a roadmap to a more equitable and a more just society. The fire next time opens with a short letter to Baldwin's 14-year-old nephew, James, commemorating the 100th year anniversary of the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. And so the fire next time was published in 1963. So Baldwin is connecting the past and present sufferings of black people. No doubt they flowed from those slave ships. No doubt they packed on the plantations. No doubt they dealt with some 244 years of white supremacist slavery, another 100 years of terrorism in the form of Jim Crow. This is the reality that Baldwin is dealing with. And so when we read Baldwin, we aren't just talking about political thought or sociology. We are talking about humanity and emancipatory possibility. James Baldwin is questioning what will it take for black people to be truly free in America? And so then again, dear listeners, let us contemplate this question for ourselves, within ourselves. What does freedom mean in a society where systemic prejudice continues to influence lives and shape outcomes? Can true freedom be realized solely through policy change and legal mandates? Or is there a deeper metamorphosis required in the American psyche? If freedom implies the cessation of oppression, can it truly exist in a society where inequity is so deeply embedded it has become almost invisible to those who don't bear its brunt? How do we navigate the paradox of striving for freedom in a world that seems to want to keep that freedom just out of reach? Is freedom merely a political state or is it also a psychological one? Do we need to free ourselves not only from the chains of systemic racism, but also from the chains within our minds, those forged by internalized oppression, self-doubt and fear? 
Baldwin's life and writings reflect his relentless quest for an answer to these questions and let that then inspire us to reflect on those same questions. And so I urge you to go out and pick up the fire next time to read it and dissect it, dive into the psyche of James Baldwin and to question and to challenge and to confront these ideas because only by wrestling with these difficult questions can we hope to find the answers. James Baldwin's legacy is not just about his brilliant writings, his poignant speeches or his tireless activism. It's about his undying belief in the potential of humanity to transform, to empathize and to love. Baldwin's words continue to echo in our hearts and our minds, urging us to challenge the status quo, to unmask the structures of oppression and to acknowledge our shared humanity. Kindred spirit Baldwin was. That sounds a lot like my mission. And though Baldwin is no longer with us, his spirit endures in each of us who dare to question and who dare to challenge and who dare to dream of a more equitable world. His legacy lies in our collective struggle for justice, our shared aspiration for equality and our unwavering commitment to truth. Baldwin's legacy urges us to confront our past, to acknowledge our present and to envision a future that is free. And as we move forward, let us Carry Baldwin's legacy in our hearts. Let his words guide our actions and let our vision inspire our dreams. Let us remember James Baldwin not only as an acclaimed writer or fierce critic or a tireless activist, but as a beacon of hope, a symbol of resilience and a testament to the power of truth. As we close our examination of Baldwin's life and work, let's keep his spirit alive. And we can do that by striving for a society where freedom is not just a political idea but a live reality, a society where the flame of the fire next time is replaced with the glow of love, understanding and mutual respect. And remember, our journey doesn't end here because ignorance is ongoing or in Baldwin's words. It is certain in any case that ignorance allied with power is the most ferocious enemy justice can have. So let us strive to dispel ignorance, challenge power and champion justice as we turn the final page of the fire next time. Let's carry its essence within us. And I'll leave you with my favorite James Baldwin quote. He said, know from whence you came. If you know from whence you came, there really is no limit to where you can go. What a truth. What a beautiful truth. You see, understanding our past is not just about tracing your lineage. It's about acknowledging the struggles and the joys and the sacrifices and the victories that have shaped you. It's about embracing the richness of your roots, your culture, your history. It's about how the triumphs and tribulations of your ancestors have affected your present. And when you understand this intricate tapestry of history, you're not just looking at a map of where you've been, but you're getting a compass that points to the limitless possibilities of where you can go. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Remember that a lot of the insights that I shared here, I shared live in the book club where we meet every single month online in real time and discuss a new book to quench our thirst for knowledge and understanding. And again, that's also how you can support the podcast. I put the episodes up there where I'm engaging with your comments and you can also suggest new episodes. So that's patreon.com backslash the humanity archive. It's really accessible. Anyone can join. And again, by signing up, you're supporting everything I do here at the humanity archive. It's all supported by listeners like you. I do this for you and I cannot do it without you. So thank you for tuning in. I love you all. 
and I'll see you next time.